Millions and millions of people staying home in Britain from work today as that country swelters under its first ever extreme heat warning. The country simply not prepared to handle the heat. They don't have widespread air conditioning like we have here. The country's just simply not built for this kind of heat. Already it's 37 and a half Celsius uh, in London, in Wales, 35.3. Britain's red heat alert, red heat alert, will last through Tuesday when it is expected the temperatures may crest the 40 degrees Celsius mark. Train companies now urging customers not to travel until unless absolutely necessary. Why? Because the heat is likely to actually warp the rails and disrupt power. So don't get on the train. Now, the heat in Britain is reflected across much of Europe, where extreme temperatures and lack of rain are leading to multiple major wildfires in France and Spain and elsewhere. All right, well, what's going on in the United Kingdom, in England? And for that, I am very pleased to welcome to the program Sir Brian Hoskins, who's visiting professor and chair of the Grantham Institute for Climate Change and the Environment at Imperial College London. Welcome. Thank you. Well, pleasure to be here. What does it mean that we have this first ever extreme heat warning in the UK? Maybe I should actually start with how are you doing? What's it like right where you are now? Well, it's, it's pretty warm. I mean, it's, we're not sure whether it's going to break the, the record in this area or not. It's going to be extremely close. So it's pretty warm. I think my thermometer in the garden, which is not standard, but is actually saying 36 or 37. 38, my wife just tells me, 38. So uh, it's it's pretty hot. Um, and uh, um, this is extreme heat. Uh, in the past, I don't think quite enough was said about this because when storms were coming, we'd get all sorts of warning, we'd give them names. But when heat waves come, we try and pretend, oh, this is nice, we've got lots of sun. But actually, a lot of elderly people in particular have die in these sorts of conditions and also wildfires etc are a problem and everything just burning up the, the, even if they're not actually on fire then all the crops and plants are in trouble and animals so everyone has to take notice of it and these days we do give uh, a more extreme warning and actually the temperatures are reaching levels that we just haven't seen before anyway. So we need to warn people about that, and that's what's happening. Give me a sense of what the infrastructure is like in the UK. I mean, here in the Toronto area, most places have air conditioning, but I guess that's not the case where you are. Um, In England and in the UK in general, we try and pretend it never gets cold and we're always amazed when it snows and we have real trouble. But we also pretend it doesn't get hot. And so our cities are not designed for heat and our houses are not designed for heat and people don't really know how to cope with it. So, um, you know, if you go to the Mediterranean, you'll see houses that are built so you can keep the sun as sun out by having a roof that overhangs, by having shutters on on the sunny side, and by having streets that are cool, and by having green areas. If you have green areas uh, in cities and you have water, trees, these sorts of things are needed. And so the houses and the cities, the spaces we live in, 
have got to be designed such that we can deal with this. Houses should have natural ventilation, so you don't need air conditioning. If we start having air conditioning in all our houses, we're going to emit more carbon dioxide and make the problem worse. We don't want to get into that. But you can design houses that cool naturally, and that's what we should do. Every time we seem to have a major storm or something like this, there's all this talk about this being a wake-up call. Are you confident that this is actually something that's going to wake people up? Well, uh, yeah, I've been amazed over the years what it takes to wake people up. Um, and I, years ago, I used to take maybe say maybe it needs a, a, a tropical cyclone to go through Miami or something to wake um, wake the US up, but a tropical cyclone went through New York and it didn't really wake everyone up. You know, so um, yes, this should wake everyone up, but at the same time, we've got people jockeying to be next leader of the Conservative Party and our Prime Minister, and they're hardly mentioning climate change. At the same time, we're, we're actually suffering this heat that which which we've never had before. So people seem to switch off from this when it matters. They, they suffer for a few minutes and then forget about it. It is just amazing. I don't know what it takes to wake people up. They are waking up, but it's the politicians that are still sleeping. From the science perspective, you, you talked about, you know, you haven't seen this kind of heat before. Uh, are things accelerating faster than you anticipated in terms of warming? I think the simple answer to that is yes. Um, I mean, over the years, I've usually said that far from us scaremongering, the sort of story we're telling coming from the climate models is probably what we get if we're lucky. You know, they, those climate models tend to be rather not liking to change too much, and yet they, they actually show a climate that's changing. And the real world is a little bit more lively than that. So I've always worried that maybe the real world would, would actually show the extremes much quicker than the models were suggesting. And that looks as if it's, it's what we're seeing. I and mean, around the world, the number of heat records around. At the same time, we've got these floods to Australia. It's having incredible floods. I saw that China is suffering from floods at the moment. Um, now, there's so many extremes around, and um, the warnings are there for everyone, including the politicians. And I mean, I've just got to be ever optimistic that, that people will take notice. And actually, it means that we will do what we need to do to tackle this climate problem. And that means both reducing our greenhouse gas emissions towards zero and actually adapting to the climate change that's inevitable. We need to do both of those. I, I think that that is my next question, is about optimism and where you find optimism, knowing what you know about human nature, knowing what you know about the science yeah. and what's happening. I'm, I'm wondering, where do you find optimism? I, mean, I think we do have a challenge because we're used to having horizons in space which might extend from our family to our village, maybe our community, and in time out to a, a, you know, beyond a few days to a year or so, we can put in a harvest for one year to, uh, to look after the next. And, but actually the challenge here is to look and actually feel as a global community and one that wants the human species to be still around in, by the end of the century. And are we able to do that? Um, I am optimistic that 
the sort of things we're getting now will really make people take this on board and demand from their politicians that they don't just talk about it, that they act on it. And the, the other, the positive side too, which is another reason for optimism, is that most of the new jobs will be in the new technologies. We don't want to keep all the jobs in the old technologies. The new jobs, we have an we have industrial revolution going on here. And those who lead in this will be the leaders in that new industrial revolution. And you know, if do you want your country, Canada, is Canada going to lead in that new industrial revolution? Or is it going to follow behind with its fossil fuels as long as it can sell them? And that's the sort of thing we're on. The UK, the same. What have we got? We've got a lot of wind. Okay. So um, we've used uh, most of our fossil fuels. And anyway, they're pretty difficult to get now. And we're not a leader in that. And the old industrial revolution, well, we led on the first one. So we should be there for the new one. Or, or else, what are we going to do in the future? Are we going to leave it to China to lead in all these technologies and have all the jobs? I hope not. Brian, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Please be You're well. You're very welcome. Pleasure to talk to you. Bye. That is Sir Brian Hoskins, who's a visiting professor and chair of the Grantham Institute for Climate Change in the Environment at Imperial College London in the United Kingdom. They are expecting to break all previous records, perhaps tomorrow, cresting over 40 degrees.